1: Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24/7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate.
2: 20 minutes a day, 365 days a year, this is the Pack-A-Day Podcast.
3: Welcome back, Packers fans, to the Pack-A-Day Podcast. It is another weekend. It is your Saturday crew. I am Jason Perone of the Pack-A-Day Podcast and Game On Wisconsin, along with Paul Rettle in the Dairyland State of Wisconsin and Mark Eckel
4: on the east coast. Mark,
3: how are we looking out yeah. east?
4: Looking great. Beautiful. It's been, like I, I told you guys last week, the weather's been great and it, it continues. It's been seven mid-70s all week, sunny. Yesterday was very windy, but it was still warm, but it was very windy, but today was gorgeous. Awesome.
3: Very good. Very, very good. Uh, and I'll be honest with you, wind is one of my least favorite forms of weather because it just, I don't know, it just Blustery, I guess. I don't know. But yeah. no stranger to win, Paul Brettel
5: in Wisconsin. And, Paul, <laughs> you're
3: getting ready to head out of town this weekend.
5: Yep, just heading to the southern part of the state for uh, today on Saturday, but we'll be back for game time. And it's a little chillier here and something to watch during the game on Sunday. Their uh, weather crew uh projecting gusts up to 40 miles per hour. Ooh. So that, will, that amount of wind will definitely have an impact on the game if that holds true. Yes, it will.
3: Absolutely. That is going to be at Lambeau Field. It is Packers-Vikings, and as always every Saturday, we are going to do the injury update. So, let's start with kind of what we did last week. I won't go in alphabetical order this week. I'll just disclaimer that right now. I was mistaken last week. That was not the case. So, Aaron Jones and Kevin King have both been ruled out we kind of talked about these guys missing last week. They're obviously both key parts on both offense and defense Uh, Jones on offense King on defense. So I would assume our take on that is going to be the same. Anytime you have a guy as dynamic as Jones, who's not going to be there for the offense. It's a little bit worrisome and I don't want to take the Vikings for granted, even though they've really struggled this season, but Mark, any change in your sentiments of either of these guys not playing this week versus last week when it was the Houston Texans?
4: Well, two things. One is um, the guys who replaced them last week really stepped up. Um, Jamal Williams had a had I thought a very very good game, yeah, 114 did. total yards. Um, did very well. Did you know? Um, couldn't ask much more for, from Jamal Williams. Um, I was disappointed in, in, in AJ Dillon, um, who I, I think the Packers were too, because you didn't see him after what he had five carries for whatever many yards. And I think he only had like 10 or 11 total snaps and then he kind of disappeared. So a little disappointing in the second round draft pick, but, but Jamal Williams stepped in for Aaron Jones. Again, I don't hate to see Aaron Jones miss time because he's so important to the offense. Um, Hopefully Tyler, we'll, we'll talk about him later, but hope, if they get Tyler Irvin back, that'll that'll make it a le, a little less uh, worrisome without Jones. And then King, and we were all, I mean, I, I was the king of Atlanta. Pardon the pun, I was the king of Atlanta. <laughs> um, none of us thought Josh Jackson was very good, and, and, he, and let's be honest, he hadn't played well up mm-hmm. until then. And, but last week, he probably played his best overall game. The kind of Packers gave him help. They, they played a lot of zones. Um, you know, they, they, he played off the ball a little bit, but, but man, the guy did okay. I mean, um, you know, I don't want to get carried away and, 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 think, okay, maybe he is the, the guy I thought he was when they drafted him out of Iowa, but he certainly didn't embarrass himself last week as he had in, in other games, no penalties, which is a big step for him. Cause it seems like he always gets a penalty. Um, so, you know, I hope he can do it again. Um, and Kevin King missing another game just he's costing himself a ton of money. Let's just say that, a ton of money.
3: Yeah, I think that, I think that's safe to say at this point. It's it's definitely disappointing. He had a full season last year, has puts up really good numbers. The defense was really good. And it's like, okay, now we know what Kevin King can do if he's got a full slate of games to work with. And now he's missing some more time. It's a quadricep injury. He will not play this weekend. So King will miss time. I was a little critical of Jackson last week in the game on Wisconsin Slack chat during the game, but I think that was an overreaction to one play where he kind of missed a tackle at the point. And yeah, I, I I'll proceed very cautiously with with what he's going to add to the defense. But look, if he's if he's not given up huge plays, and he has in the past, then I'm I'm not going to complain. But there's some, some decent talent. You got Adam Thielen. You got Dalvin Cook on the offensive side of things for the Vikings. So He's
4: a rookie too. Uh,
3: that is correct. Yes, uh, and that's a source of contention because a lot of Packers fans wanted him in green and yellow this year, and of course, well, unfortunately, well, unfortunately, that did not happen. But it was uh, it was Jordan Love instead, and actually, Justin Jefferson was gone by then, so he, they yeah, wouldn't he, have had. Well, he wasn't available. They wouldn't have had the chance to to pick him up anyway, but um yeah that's that is disappointing uh, Paul as far as Jones and King and I guess maybe talk a little bit about about Aaron Jones I mean, any concerns I mean the Vikings defense still has some players on the other side of it there so Aaron Jones not being in there now Mark made a great point about Jamal Williams stepping up and being great and doing really good things but does it does it change you know Aaron, Aaron Jones is a big loss for the offense but does that change from last week to this week just based
5: on the different opponent that they're facing no, I mean Mark hit it on the head, you obviously want Aaron Jones in the lineup, but I mean Matt LaFleur said they see Jamal Williams as a as R B one as well, alongside of Jones. And I mean that's what I see as well. I don't there might be less of those kind of big dynamic plays, but Williams is certainly in the passing game and as a runner more than more than capable of shouldering that the the run game load as we saw last week. And he didn't rip off any really big runs, but he still averaged four yards a carry. And on uh, NFL Next Gen stats, he he faced a loaded box of eight or more defenders 43% of the time, so nearly half of his carries, which was the fourth highest total in the league. And he was still able to average over that four-yard mark. So he performed really well, had some nice catches in the passing game. And like Mark said, Kevin King, the biggest thing coming into this season – for me, with him, was A, can he duplicate what he did last season, but also health? You know, like I said last week, when you miss two games with a quad, you know, under uh, maybe normal circumstances, it's just kind of, well, that sucks. We want him back. We hope he gets back soon. Well, we only played 15 of your first 32 games and during his first seasons. You know, that's a bit, a bit more of a red flag. And to Jackson's credit, he has stepped up. We've still seen those Josh Jackson esque. Type plays, the missed tackles. Um, he had the pass interference against Tampa Bay, gave up the touchdown against Tampa Bay, and he's still giving up a high completion percentage. But what he's not doing is giving up the big play, uh, for the most part. That is so he's making some progress. And then since the New Orleans game, we're seeing him make at least one or two tackles a week. It seems like at or behind the line of scrimmage. So he's providing some reinforcements in the in the run game as well. So this was a. Uh, a very good Texans wide receiver group that they played last week. Jair was able to take Fuller out of it. Jackson played well, and they have another tough test this week with Thielen and Justin Jefferson. So Jackson's going to need to you know, show he still has, for all the ups and downs he's had, mostly downs, he still needs to show that he, he can do this another week in a row. But this is a game that the Packers should win, even without Jones and King. They should win it comfortably.
3: Yeah, I think they've got an advantage. I mean, they should be in pretty good shape. As far as yeah, as far as King goes and and Jones, good points uh, on both of them. And Jamal Williams just seems like he's playing on another level right now. Like he's he's playing like he's aware that he's got a chance to get paid. And I think that that's going to happen one way or the other. And who knows? I, I mean, it's too early to speculate what's going to happen in Green Bay. But Jamal Williams has, has looked good. And he's he's played well. And yeah, if Josh Jackson is is going to decide to to show up now, we're getting to Next year is the last year of Goody's first draft class. So we're going to start to see some things over the next year or two in terms of what, what this this regime is going to do with their draft picks, and especially with Jackson being a second rounder, but that's a whole other year away from from happening. But those two guys are out, Jones and Kevin King. Everyone else that's listed on the report, of course, is listed as questionable I guess we'll start with David Bakhtiari, who is once again looking to be a game-time decision against the Vikings defensive front. Now, Yannick Ngakwe was traded away again from the Vikings to the Ravens, so they traded the guy that they traded for, which is interesting. So, as far as that that pass rush goes, I mean, the Vikings have just not played very well, and they've played disappointingly this season. I don't want to say they've given up, but they're trading away the guy that they traded for. Mark, so what does that tell you? And then as far as the pass rush and if Bakhtiari can't play, the the way the line performed last week, and do you have any concerns this week?
1: Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit and Indeed.com slash Wire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st.
4: Well, yeah, I always have concerns when a guy as good as David Pattiari is not going to play. And Listen, Billy – another guy – You know, it's crazy. Coaches always say this, right? They always say, well, next man up, and we're confident in so and so, and this guy will come in and do a good job. But that doesn't always happen. I mean, there's there's a reason some guys are starters and all pros, and other guys are backups. But guess what? Last week, and you can't, I don't know how many times you can go to that well and and expect backups to, to play as well as Kamal Williams and Billy Turner. And Josh Jackson played last week. They all played Rick, very Rick
5: Wagner, too.
4: Rick Wagner at, at right tackle, yeah. I mean, well, he was back at, at more familiar surroundings.
5: Right, yep.
4: At, at right tackle.
2: He certainly isn't a left tackle.
4: And I didn't think Billy Turner was either. I mean, we all thought <laughs> they might put Jenkins out there. Yes. They, didn't. they, went, they went with Billy Turner. <laughs> Bill
3: Turner, which was very
4: surprising, yes. Yeah, well, because. It's only surprising because the Packers don't let out any information all week. So, nobody really knew it. Um, I guess the, the guys on the radio, Larry McCarron, knew it. But I, but I guess he's allowed to watch practice, right? <laughs> right. So, not report on of course, Turner. but yeah. No, but he saw it all. When when the game started, he said, I'm not surprised because Turner took all the reps at left tackle during the week. Well, he's allowed to see that. No one else is. So, yeah, shocking. And Turner played well. I mean better than I thought he would to be honest with you know and, and he was going against you know J.J. J. Watt um Whitney Merciless I mean it, I think they're better than anybody any two guys the Vikings are going to send at him but I worry about the Vikings I know because mainly because mainly I, I despise them and, and I've been I've been around you know too many bad losses to the Vikings um and I know that this isn't the Vikings they're one in what I wanted they one in five um and like you said, they they're made an awful, that was just an awful trade, by the way, because they gave up way more than they got back <laughs> and, and only had him for, for five games. And the guy did okay in five games. He wasn't terrible. It's not like they, they made a mistake in getting them. But they, they actually, so they basically gave away what's going to be a pretty good second-round pick because if the Vikings continue on their ways, they're going to pick in the top ten probably, right? So they gave away yeah. a, a top ten second-round pick for a bottom, I mean, Baltimore isn't going to go away. Baltimore's going to win a lot of games. So they are so they gave away an early second-round pick for a bottom and a third-round pick, basically. That's not real smart. That, that, that's not what good GMs do, usually.
3: Right. Well, and you've got a defensive head coach who's probably not happy to see one of his top players on defense shipped away and sent somewhere else to play when the team is struggling. And at some point, it's going to be disappointing that the Vikings are, they've gotten off to a very disappointing start. If it continues and the season goes the way that it goes, the scrutiny is going to, it always falls on the head coach, whether it's fair or not. Yeah. So if I'm Mike Zimmer, I don't know if I'm too thrilled about that, but Paul, as far as the offensive line goes, we, we kind of touched on Billy Turner at left tackle. And so, I mean, like you said, Mark, we didn't watch practice. Who knows what they're going to they're gonna run out with this week, but... I guess in terms of, of any pressure, because I think in the first game, if I recall correctly, Eric Kendricks came on a couple of stunts and, the, and and Mike Zimmer likes to run some different kind of stunts and blitzes. Are you confident that the group that was out there is going to be able to keep Aaron Rodgers clean enough to do what he should do this week, which is put up some yards and points?
1: Yeah,
5: I am, I am. against this uh... – Against this Vikings pass rush, which was even before they got rid of Ngakwe, it was below average by you know several different metrics that you can use to measure pass rush success. And in terms of sacks and total pressures that the Vikings have, Ngakwe on his own counted for about a third of that. So they're already in the bottom third of the NFL in those categories, and now the guy who accounted for a large percentage of, of those stats is gone. So as far as the Vikings defensive front goes, I'm I'm not terribly sure where that pressure is going to come from, but like Mark pointed out, you never want to count out a, a desperate divisional foe coming off their bye week. The Packers need to be ready for, you know, Zimmer throwing the kitchen sink at them. And if that means um you know sending the linebackers after Rodgers I think that should just create more opportunity for the the passing game Packers have been Rodgers have been very good this season at getting the ball out of his hands quickly and if they're going to send the linebackers that's just going to create more opportunities for the backs tight ends receivers on those quick passes that Green Bay's been so efficient at this season so i if if that's Minnesota's game plan to create pressure just given the fluor offense and how Rodgers is playing? I, I don't think that's going to work, and I don't see them generating a ton of pressure, um, even if David Bakhtiari can't go and they have to send Turner back out at left tackle again.
3: I just want to see some purple crush getting getting consumed at the post game podium by Aaron Rodgers. That's all that matters. Complete the sweep of the Vikings. Purple crush at the podium. All right, Mason Crosby's on the injury report list. Uh, they haven't signed a kicker yet. He got out there and practiced a little bit on Friday. Left calf and back injury. I don't want to minimize it too much because Mark will yell at me because he will tell me that it's not, it's not official and final until it's final. But obviously they want Mason Crosby out there kicking field goals because that's points on the board and it's kind of important. Uh, so I'll just say I don't know how concerned I should be. We talked about this a little bit before we started. But Mark, your your thoughts for our audience on Mason Crosby and if he is out there and he can't do all of his duties, a.k.a. kicking off, we'll probably see some of J.K. Scott.
4: Yeah, I, I think, I mean, I'm just reading what, what was written this week. Um, it sounds like there was three options. One was Crosby's fine and, and he kicks. But to save his back in Cavs, let J.K. Scott kick off. J.K. Scott was a pretty good kickoff guy at, at Alabama, Um you know that, that that around the league, you 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 see a lot of that. Where especially with the as a kicker gets a little older, the you know you save him for important things. Well, not the kickoffs aren't important, but you know you save him for field goals and extra points, and you know and let let the the young punter do the kickoff. So I would have no problem with that. I mean, just tell Jake you know kick it as far. I mean, J.K. Scott, you know he can he has a strong leg. We we we've seen that. So. Um, just let him, you know, kick it off into the end zone like everybody else does and give the team the, the ball to 25 and, and play play football. So um, the other options were that K.K. Scott, if Crosby couldn't go, that Scott would assume all the kicking duties, which means he would be kicking field goals and extra points, which wasn't mentioned was if he does that, well, who's going to hold? He's the holder. Well, I don't know. I guess it would be Boyle. And usually back backup quarterback sometimes as a holder. Um, but they never said who, so I'm, I don't know. That would be interesting. You can't hold for yourself. Um,
3: That'd be a first.
4: Yeah, right. Um, and then the third option was they were going to sign a guy named Vogel. Um, who I never heard of him, to be honest with you. I think he was in camp with somebody. Um, I think he's a rookie from Alabama Birmingham. Remember? Yeah, Alabama, U- or? UAB. What was it? UAB? Okay. Yep. I never heard of him. I, when I hear of Vogel, I think of the head coach
5: of the Los Angeles Lakers. I don't
4: and <laughs> I don't think it was him. <laughs> and it's so, not yeah, the I never Justin heard of
5: Vogel him. that they had in camp last year. This is a different Vogel. Different, yeah, I don't even know. Yeah, I don't
4: I don't know who it is, But but again gun to my head I think Crosby's gonna be, be kicking field goals and extra points this week. I would. A lot of yeah, I Hopefully would Hopefully a lot of extra points
3: Well, the, I was gonna say I'll take I'll take the extra points. I wouldn't mind uh sending a little message to the fan base in Minnesota and just reminding them who's on top in this here division but Paul any quick thoughts on Mason Crosby obviously he's invaluable to this team but any thoughts
5: yeah and Mark brought it up uh, before we started started recording that uh, Menenga in his press conference this week with reporters he would seem pretty adamant that he expects Crosby to play so I guess take that as you will and also with Nick Vogel this gives us a little bit of Gives us a little bit of insight. So each week throughout the season, like around Thursday, Friday, we see that the Packers are trying out a kicker. Uh, Tom Silverstein of Packers News, he said that Vogel's been here since Saturday. So if they did need him to go, he's already gone through the COVID protocol where they have to test negative for five straight days, six straight days, whatever it is. So we got a little bit of a uh, behind-the-scenes peek of why they're bringing in the kickers, and the kickers are, in fact, staying in Green Bay for the entire week just to be sure that if Crosby can't go they do have an option.
3: Yeah, it would be I I would like to see the week a week where they don't have to have a kicker housed up in Green Bay, but in this season it's it's there could be a multitude of reasons why they okay. have some backup options that aren't related to soft tissue or any of those other injury related reasons, but yeah, Mason Crosby obviously a very important part of Special teams, and we don't need to get into it too deeply, but special teams could use a boost after last week. There were a couple of gaps that I'd like to never see again from that side of things, so hopefully we don't. Well, no, that,
4: none of them were on Mason Crosby,
3: though. No, they weren't. No, they were not. Absolutely not. I know they're all one one unit, and uh, so everybody, you know, one for all and all for one, but yeah, Mason Crosby was not, was not the cause of any of those particular issues. Um, that I said we wouldn't delve into any further, so you know what? We won't.
1: The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You could get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet online, online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's Blue Wire, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.
3: Tyler Irvin, running back wide receiver. He was limited in practice all week. He's listed as questionable We've talked about him many, many times. All I can say is Tyler Irvin is is a great addition to this offense, and if he's going to be able to play finally this weekend, it only helps the Packers with what they want to do and keeping defenses on their heels a little bit. And I think some of those things, him in motion, and, and some of the things that he's apt to do could actually also help the pass rush because you've got defenses that have to honor that when he's in there. Paul, do you see that the same way?
5: yeah, hundred um, percent. He can help alleviate not having um, not having Aaron Jones in the lineup when he's in motion, getting the ball on those jet sweeps. Uh, we've seen it on the on the tape during the New Orleans and Atlanta game. Those linebackers they they freeze when when he's going in motion, and that little extra time allows the blockers to get to him. Um, the running backs to get in space, more time for Rodgers if it's a passing play, whatever it may be. So he plays an important part in, in the Lafleur offense and just one of those another nice diamond in the rough signings by Goody.
3: Yeah, for sure. Mark, the Tyler Irvin recap for the week. If he's able to come back and play, obviously that's a
4: good thing. Yeah, I would play him anyway. I don't care. If, I mean, <laughs> this is going to sound <laughs> crazy. But get you know, out there and play. Well, no, he has a bad wrist, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. But like, like as Paul just said, and, and you alluded to, Jason, what he doesn't need the ball to be effective.
3: Exactly, yep.
4: You're putting him in motion. So, all right, he has a bad wrist. Don't, don't give him the ball, but but let him do all his motion stuff to freeze the linebackers and open things up for Jamal Williams in the passing game and everything else. Just put him out there. If he's just a decoy, you know, tell everybody, he's, oh, yeah, his wrist's fine. He's, he's, he's good to go. And put him out there. Let him run around. and let the Vikings figure out later. That they got suckered. <laughs> I'm serious.
3: Like, yeah, and I wonder. I wonder. I wonder how many snaps of him not getting the ball it would take for Minnesota, as badly as they're playing this year, to figure that out. They just seem like they're well, I mean, a step he didn't slow. He did get
4: the ball on early. I mean, it's not like he he, he was getting ten carries a game. He, right. He maybe got one or two. So sure. It wouldn't be like you know. Oh, it's a big drastic drop off. I'm just saying. I would dress them. I mean, they have enough guys. They could make any inactive, so I would I would, I would would have him active this week. I, re, I, re, I really would. I don't know.
3: Sure. Just, yeah, sure. Yeah, he's he only... I only, have
4: Dexter Williams active again because he's useless.
3: Yeah, Dexter Williams, <laughs> I think, is, you know, if I don't see him again in an active game for the Packers, I don't think I'll be too upset. It Just even in preseason, every time he seems to be in the play and have a role of some sort, he's not doing it very well. So I will leave it at that.
4: Tyler I mean, Lank... As as well as Goody has done with, with a lot of things, his, his affinity for Notre Dame players is it's time to end that because I've seen <laughs> enough of Kaiser, I've seen enough of Dexter Williams, and I'm getting close to seeing enough of St. Brown. So, <laughs> you can keep the Fighting Irish in South Bend from here on out. Yeah, it's,
3: it hasn't it hasn't been great. It has not been great uh, coming from those guys there. So Tyler Lancaster is listed as questionable. He did not play last week. Yeah, is able to add a boost to the defensive line rotation at the very least. It's good; just it helps some guys stay fresher throughout the game. And in, and at in a game where you've got a short week and you're turning around and playing on Thursday, with some of these these positions, especially on the defensive line, you're gonna you're gonna want to try to keep some of your studs as fresh as you can. Not that you're looking ahead. The Packers have a huge task ahead of them to beat the Vikings this weekend, and they're gonna have to play four quarters to do it. But if they're turning around and playing four days later the defensive line is not an area where you want to be shorthanded so that's my big takeaway as far as Lancaster coming back he's not a huge 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 uh, contributor but he is an important role player mark do you do you see it that same way or do you think this is bigger yes. than that
4: no no i agree with you 100% with especially like you said with the you know when you're playing a thursday you yeah defensive line they're big men they they do tire because of their You know their their size, so you want depth there. Um, However, again, again, I'm gonna just like I said with Williams and and Jackson, and um, who else did we talk about earlier? um, Stepping up to to play well, a guy that I've told you guys about all year, Montrevious Adams. I've been telling you that (laughs) this guy's pretty good. You guys go on, listen. (laughs)
5: Absolutely,
3: you're right, and it's on record too. too, So you're right.
4: (laughs) (laughs) How bad? Montrevious Adams has played. He's getting more snaps with Lancaster out. And son of a gun, I mean, <laughs> I, hey, listen.
3: Is this the first week that he's not on the injury report, too? I, I don't know why my voice yeah. just went up 13 no, octaves
4: correct. there. No, he's, he's not. He's on in the injury report, and he's. it's also the first time I've ever said anything nice about him, I think. But but no, i got to give him credit. He's played pretty well the last couple of weeks. If not I had to chop, yeah. You know, if I like, Don't get me wrong. He's still not playing as what the Packers – you know what's funny? When, 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 when he was drafted in the third round out of Auburn, we were told he's a good pass rusher eh, against the run, he's okay, but,
1: but he's going to get you know
4: he's going to create a lot of pressure. he's going to do well no, he's become just the opposite. He's, hey. He doesn't get much pressure at all, but he's become pretty darn good against the run, which hey guess what? That's been a weakness of the Packers if you haven't noticed the last year and a half. So he's been very good. he's, he's made that run defense better.
3: Yeah, and you know, if I had to chop up just bits and clips from our shows to make an intro, you know, I'm taking that Montrevious Adams love from Mark, and I'm making that a part of the. I'm, making I'm trying that a part to tell of
4: it. you guys I've been telling you since we started that he, how good he is. Right. All, all we needed was the opportunity. Sure. <laughs>
3: well, I'll I will ju- I'll say I'll say this, Mark. If there's if there's someone that I know in in the Packers world who is fair. It is you. I mean, you're giving him his due. If if someone play, <laughs> listen, listen, if someone I'm, plays bad, I, you're I'm gonna say it. And if someone plays good, like if someone plays well, you're gonna give them their due. And I I can't I can't uh, I can't give you a hard time for that.
4: Listen, I I like being wrong when I tell you a Packer player isn't good, and then I love being proven wrong. I don't like being proven wrong when I tell you how good somebody's going to be, and then they don't live up to it. So I'll I'll, I'll be wrong about. Adams for the rest of the year I hope. I hope he just keeps proving me wrong and he you know, has a great great season for him because and again, it's in it's in doses. I don't I don't want him playing fifty snaps because I don't I think he's a guy that after so many snaps he's kinda done. So keep him in that in that twenty something range. You know, rotate him in there with, with Kiki and Lowry and all of a sudden the the front isn't as, you know meaty as it once was
3: you're always looking for guys to step up, and wouldn't it be crazy if the Packers don't make a move, the trade deadline's coming up here, and I know they got Billy Wynn, but if Montrevius Adams actually ended up being that guy that kind of played somewhat of the Howard Green role this year because he finally got an opportunity and just some confidence and played enough to step up, I know I'm thinking way, way ahead here, and I'm getting yeah, way but... ahead of myself. But, <laughs> it, it, there, I mean, Paul, I, mean, I guess, Paul, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, it's, sometimes all it takes is a guy to get more snaps than usual, to get comfortable and find a, a role for himself.
5: Yeah, and he's he's stacking success. I think we go back to the... ode to Mike McCarthy. There it is. <laughs> yep, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> we go back to the Detroit-New Orleans game. That's kind of when we first um, started to see him flash, and he's continuing to do that. But I agree with the small small doses, as Mark said, and that's where having Lancaster back can provide some help. I said last week this defensive line, other than Clark and you know, Kiki's emerging as someone who can handle a higher snap count, but Lancaster, Lowry, Montrevious Adams, Billy Wynn, those guys, they all can perform, as we've seen, pretty well, um, especially Lancaster and Adams against the, and Lowry. They're all kind of more run defenders. But it's all in limited doses, so when you can have Lancaster back and um, be able to have that full rotation, it's going to keep those guys fresh, and hopefully you see more of those snaps from them when they're flashing rather than having to rely heavier on Adams and Lowry to take on a bigger snap count without Lancaster. And of course, they're going against the Vikings. You know, big key for this Packers team this week, if he plays, is going to be slowing slowing down Dalvin Cook. So having Lancaster back will be a it'll be a nice addition.
3: Yeah, and from all indications and everything that I've read and seen so far, it looks like Cook is more likely to play than not. But he is listed as questionable on the Vikings injury report. So just to keep an eye on that. But Darnell Savage shows up on the injury report. He is questionable. He was limited all week with the quadricep injury. Probably more notable because Raven Green is also listed as questionable and was limited in practice this week. And so the safety position itself, I I think if Darnell Savage can play he's going to be out there, but um, he's, he's starting to rack up some of that missed time as well over the first couple seasons. I think he missed a couple games last year, but He's got the quad injury, so we talked about this last week. Uh, Obviously, your secondary is important in a pass-first league, but it's Kirk Cousins, and I know, to be fair, Mark, you'll take the fair approach and say, I don't care if it's Kirk Cousins. You still have to have your, your horses back there. But Darnell Savage potentially missing another game if he does, although I think indications are that he's got a decent chance to play. Your thoughts on the safety position, given that Raven Green is also listed?
4: Yeah, that well, that's that's the thing, like you said, uh, Jason. If you don't want to be down two guys at the same spot, so I mean, if there's no, if there's no green, and, you know, then then you got then you're talking. Now you're 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 dipping a little deeper. However, I like what I, I liked what I've seen so far of both Vernon Scott and um, the kid last week. His name now is Will Redman. Will Redman. No, no, him. He's been around forever. The the kid that came in at the end of the game. Oh, Henry Black. Oh, Henry. Yeah, yeah he caused Black. the fumble. Um, yeah, Redmond's going to play. We we know that. Um, whether he's he's going to be on the field, he he he's he's versatile. He'll play inside. He'll play deep. He'll do all kind of things. But if Green's not out there, Redmond will probably play some of that nickel linebacker, maybe two even. I don't know. Although with the, the play of the linebackers lately, they may not they might not need a safety to play as much nickel linebacker as they as they used to. If Barnes and, and Martin, um, by the way, Barnes and Martin are two pretty good players if you haven't noticed. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the Packers oh. may have solved that inside linebacker problem for, yep. with, with two young, talented, very affordable players <laughs> for the next couple of years, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I think Savage is going to play, and I also I think I think Green might play too, to be honest with you. But if they if they're both out, then Vernon Scott, who man, he's come out of nowhere, but he's he's been impressive the, in in the short samples that I've seen of him. I kind of like what I see.
5: Yeah, he's kind of filled that. I, Goody when they drafted him, they talked about his versatility and kind of providing a a, a true. Back up to Raven Green, I guess if that's the right words to use. He's only played like 30, 35 snaps, but on Pro Football Focus, they have it broken down. He's been on the defensive line, in the box, in the slot as the free safety. Like, they're moving him around when he's on the field. And like you said, Mark, in that small sample size, he's, he's been impressive, especially that uh, open field tackle last week on Duke Johnson. You know, that might have ended up in the end zone if, if he doesn't hang on for dear life dear life like he did, but we saw last week if Savage isn't in, and this is a knock on him by any means, but with Redmond, if he can play at that level again, which is a question mark, because he had a nice game. Raven Green, I know he had a missed tackle or two, but he was everywhere against the run in coverage. And then Vernon Scott, the Packers can can absorb uh, not having Savage in there like we saw, but without Savage and Green, if that is what happens, obviously that becomes a lot more difficult to overcome.
4: And then God forbid somebody in the game gets hurt,
5: mm-hmm. you
4: know. Cause then you re- and now you're really and the things. I and mean, I'm, I'm not saying like you know broken leg out, but just even like a little, you know, you're a little tweak to your ankle or something, and you had to miss a, a couple series. Yeah, you don't want to be too thin down at, at one position. That, that's the problem.
3: Yeah, and that's that's always the key in every every area in the secondary is is one of those delicate areas where you don't want to have your your stars out, but. They've got some good depth. That's the thing I, I say over and over and over again: is the depth of your team is what's going to determine, you know, the the final headline at the end of the season. And the Packers are looking like they've got some pretty good depth in a lot of different areas. You mentioned the inside linebackers, you know, uh, Chris Barnes and Kamal Martin, both were listed on the injury report, but both appear ready to go and play. And that's allowing them to to give Christian Kirksey as much time as he needs to get healthy come back and and then they can decide what they're gonna do from there. But they've they've got more talent there than they've had in a long time. I think that's the absolute fair thing to say. I like what I've seen so far. Barnes has been great. And he's wearing the green dot, making the calls, an undrafted, you know, rookie, coming in and playing as well as he has, and then Kamal Martin so far, it's one game. But he looked pretty good. I mean he, he looks as good as advertised so far. So can't really complain there. I mean, there were a lot of other guys on, on the injury report, but those are the big ones, guys. I mean, I don't know if there's any others that we should go over. The rest well, you, of them are listed. Well,
4: list- you left one off that's questionable, I think.
3: Was it Montrevius Adams, or who did I forget? No,
4: no, no. no, no. John, John, isn't John Lovett listed as questionable? Or there's,
3: there yeah, there's some other guys listed that I, I didn't necessarily name. Yeah, John Lovett's listed as questionable with a knee. Uh, he's been really good on special
4: teams. Yeah, and, and he is their only fullback. Uh, I mean, that's what he's been playing when he is in there. I guess what they would do if he can't go is, I guess, if they wanted to, I guess Sternberger would take that role like he did a little bit last year at times, maybe. Mm I don't know. Or they just wouldn't use a fullback. I guess, you know, I don't know. I don't that That would be interesting to see. Because he's been a nice little pickup, too, for him. I mean, again, not a star by no means, but a, a, a role, a versatile. See, but the Packers' theme this year on both sides of the ball has been versatility, right? I mean, mm-hmm. they have a guy like Irvin who who's a running back, wide receiver, and use them all hundred different places. L- Love it is a guy they can use a hundred different places. Um, and like we were, you were just saying on a defense, poll with the guys like a guy like Scott that can play here, or there, Green, yep. all, all, all over the place. So it seems like that, that's and that's, I guess it's probably all. It's not just the Packers; it's probably all around the league where you're you're looking for guys that can do more than. Especially when you're a backup, a guy that can do more than one thing well, and, and, and you can move him around, and even on the offensive line, the Packers have been versatile. I mean, they have very, you know, Jenkins playing tackle and guard, and um, Patrick who can play center and guard, and uh, Turner going left and right tackle, and so I mean, yeah, that, that, that this team has become very versatile.
5: Yeah, and I said, "With love," it when they first signed him, I thought he'd be a nice insurance policy for Deguara. When I said insurance policy, I meant as far as uh, you know helping and subbing in because that you know it's a tough transition from college to the NFL when you have to take on that many responsibilities little did we know that DeGuar would be out for the year and Lovett could kind of help fill that H-back role but I think you're right Mark the Packers did use Sternberger last year um, during that second half of the season as they kind of eased him into his role you know he played in the backfield in line in the slot so I think he would take over that role if Lovett can't go yeah it's it's
3: gonna it's gonna be I mean he's he's in a Becoming an important part, we'll see if he actually gets in on, on offense, but he's been a great special teams player, and and offensively, Matt LaFleur likes to do a lot of different things with a lot of different guys, so if he's proven he can get in there and take his reps, I mean, Larry McCarron knows if he's going to take offensive reps, I guess the rest of us don't, but on the Vikings side, the only two guys listed as out are in the secondary, Holton Hill corner and Mike Hughes, the corner, uh, the Viking secondary has been Kind of rough all season, and now they've got a couple corners listed. Actually, Chris Boyd is also listed, but he's full, a full go as well. So it's it's going to be tough sledding against Aaron Rodgers and, and that offense at home. They've been absolutely grinding. Devontae Adams had a huge day once again. You know, it's it's depending on what the rest of these guys can do. Um, he's he's not uh, on the, the injury report right now because he's still officially on injured reserve. But Alan Lazard looks like he's starting to practice a little bit, so... We'll see if, if we're talking about him coming back and giving a boost to the wide receiver group sometime soon. But that's it for the injury report, guys. And then I guess we I just
5: wanted to I just wanted to add one more thing about the Vikings secondary. Cameron Dansler's on their COVID uh, injured reserve list, along with the two other players that you mentioned. Those were their three starting cornerbacks week one when Devontae Adams went for a buck fifty six. And Ben Fennel tweeted out this week. Devonte's last three games against Minnesota: thirty-four catches, three hundred seventy-eight yards, two touchdowns. That's insane. The only thing that might stop only the Rodgers, yeah, yeah that, that is the only thing that might stop Devonte and Rodgers on Sunday is literally the forty-mile-an-hour wind.
4: Yeah, that that's the worst news that I've heard today is when, when you said that, Paul, because wind, you know. From covering covering the league for so long and talking to you know we, we'd always ask the coaches about weather especially up you know up Green Bay Philly same thing you know not quite as bad as Green Bay but you know there'd be oh hey you know andy it's supposed to rain all all day is that going kind to of affect and he said you know rain yeah you know ball gets slick you got to change balls here and there but as long as it's not windy we're not, I'm, I'm not concerned or even like snow games yeah it's supposed to snow it's not gonna well you know we'll we'll wear different shoes and stuff but as long as it's not windy that's all they ever talk about. As long as it's not windy, well, sounds like it's going to be windy, um, and that and that hurts the passing team. Uh, you know, obviously, you can run in the wind, but and, and kicking. I mean, we're, we're talking about Crosby being a, a little nicked up as as it is. You, you don't want him kicking in, into a forty mile an hour wind, either.
3: Yeah, this could be well, depending on how it is, this could end up being one of those old school matchups where it's you know thirty rushing attempts on each side to just try to keep the you just could you just imagine it's gonna be like one of those comedy movies where the ball's doing circles and spins in the air and it's all kinds of all oh, kinds
4: like
3: all kinds of crazy things. We've seen I the only the only time I can remember wind being really bad and it was terrible was that late season game in two thousand seven when it was like, you know, really windy and cold in Chicago and the Packers well, just looked yeah. like garbage all day and yeah. and John Ryan goes to punt the ball and he kicked it off his shin. Because the wind the wind from the drop didn't even get the ball to his foot. Like it's just like I said, you know, Mark, you're dealing with wind at home right now. It's one of my least favorite forms of weather because it just blows everything around and I could I don't know, I could, I could do without it. So but Packers, Vikings, Lambeau Field, Sunday, It's a game the Packers should win. I think we all agree we, that they, they should come out of it victorious. And then also importantly, too, I hope that we're texting each other, hey, good game, and everybody stays healthy because they have to turn around four days later and they've got a really tough road Road game against the San Francisco 49ers, and then they'll get another, if you want to call it, a mini-bye. I don't know, after playing two games in four days, if you can call it a bye, but it's another longer period of rest before they get the final stretch of their season where they'll play every single week. so. Uh, guys anything upcoming i know we know what your schedules are at your respective places paul this week at dairyland express anything special that we should look out for from you
5: uh today's saturday i'm taking a look at a couple of receivers that might be worth looking into for the green bay packers before the deadline hits
3: oh god bless you god we know we get we always get excited every year and then we know what <laughs> usually happens mark what about you over at packer report
4: well, again, I, I, I got a break this Well, kind of a break. I mean, uh, after the game against the Vikings, I'll have my instant analysis. And my other day to write is Thursday. Well, the Packers play Thursday, so I don't have to be creative. I just got to come up with another instant analysis after the game on Thursday. So I'll, I'll be doing both I know both game day stories. I did have a story up that's up there now that I know Paul liked.
5: I did really like that.
4: It's a stat that I was introduced to way back in the 80s from Stan Walters, a former Pro Bowl left tackle for the Eagles who became their radio guy. Uh, it's called it's points per 100 yards, and the higher your number, the better you really as a team you are. And it, and it sometimes shows you teams that are better than you think or teams maybe quite aren't as good as you think because it's really a good stat in that it, it it it's an offensive stat, a defensive stat, and a special team stat because if you get a long return and then you only have to go 20 yards to score, well, that's going to help your points per 100 yards, obviously. If you can get seven points off 20 yards, that's going to move your number up. And, it, and it, what it does, it, it takes, like the Dallas Cowboys, for instance, are, I believe, second or third in the league in total yards. But they rank near the bottom in points per 100 yards because they, they're wasted yards. You can go up and down the field, but if you don't score, then it's not really, who cares, right? I mean, it, the, the bottom line is scoring points and doing it as efficiently as possible. Well, the Packers were pretty good at it. The Packers ranked, I believe it was fourth. Fourth in the league, second in the NFC, and far and away number one in it in the, in the NFC North. And, um, yeah, the teams that had Baltimore, Tampa Bay, Pittsburgh, Green Bay are, are the top four teams all over eight, all over eight points per hundred yards, which is very good. Anything over seven is considered good. And they're all, those four teams are all over eight. So that was my little story for that. You can go up, unpack a report and, And Check it
3: out. We got a Mark Eccles story so we can wrap it up. That's going to do it for this (laughs) week's edition of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Everybody enjoy Packers-Vikings for the last time this season because Minnesota's not making the playoffs. Everybody be safe, be healthy, and go Pack-Go.